Good morning, fight fans. This is Bizarre Podcast. Dogs must die. You can call me Grant. You can call him Chip. And this is a show where we are going to be watching through JoJo's Bizarre Adventure three episodes at a time. Are you excited? I don't know what word to to express it because it's more than excited (laughs) for me. I don't know. This is so... You got into Gundam, like, what, a year and a half ago, something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think it was, like, spring of 2019. Okay, yeah. and then when you started getting into that, I was like, oh, cool, he, he's into Gundam. You know, I haven't watched a ton of it, but I've liked what I watched. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. like, you you would sometimes tweet screenshots from that, and then all of a sudden you were tweeting screenshots from some other not Gundam and not <laughs> Mecha things. I was like, oh, shit, he's watching Mob Psycho 100? Cool. Uh, and then... Briefly remember, like, a joke tweet I made in reply to someone else, like, a year or two ago, going like, mm-hmm. haha, let's just do a podcast talking about JoJo. And then I made that joke again after mm-hmm. you tweeted about anime. It's like, wait, I could get up to watch this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. If you are listening to this because you're familiar with our Let's Plays, which is probably true since mm-hmm. it's episode one, after all, the usual dynamic is here in full force. Oh, yeah. Whereas you uh, uh, know what you're talking about, you're, you're to lead me down the, the hand through this path as I experience it with fresher eyes. Mm-hmm. Why why don't you uh, uh, start by telling us what jo- uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is and what you expect to get out of this uh, yeah. uh, experience, this this program we are producing, right? So yeah, uh, I will also clarify one thing. While I know a lot more about JoJo, I will clarify that I have only seen all of JoJo through what the anime has adapted, which is the first five parts. JoJo, as a manga, Mm -hmm. is in part eight right now. So I have no knowledge. I have very little knowledge beyond five, but that's, that's a lot of show. Um, Uh, if, If I recall correctly, you've read some of it, but you're not reading ahead then. Yeah, I was reading ahead at one point because I just couldn't wait for the next episode to come out. <laughs> um, but at this point, yeah, I have not. I have all of part six on my hard drive ready to read. I just haven't gotten to it because it's it's a lot to read. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yes, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, originally a manga created by Hirohiko Araki in 1987. It is a long-running manga and now anime that is still going to this day. Mm-hmm. Like the name implies, it's just a fucking weird thing. When like <laughs> it it I suppose it is like a shonen manga slash anime. It is a lot of fighting, you know, chapter to chapter, episode to episode. But JoJo has a, a legacy of um introducing a lot of shonen elements that have become popular over the years or just doing things no one else would dare to do because it's too fucking weird. Um <laughs> It's responsible for a couple ideas that get used by other anime and video games all the time. Uh, one of the big things being the idea of stands. Rather than having the person themselves fight, they have sort of a projection of their soul that fights for them. Uh, one of the big ones being Persona um, with their personas. Those are just basically JoJo stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and now while I'm talking about some of these iconic things, the beginning of JoJo might not have some of those things from the get-go because JoJo, part of the reason why it's so interesting is that from part to part, it is constantly changing what it actually is. Well, there's a lot, of, there's a through line throughout all of JoJo in that it's weird almost from the get-go and there's a lot of fighting and battles and stuff. The format of the show and and the way it tells its stories changes throughout. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it from part to part, 
it never really feels like it's treading the same water. But for this podcast, yeah, we're going to be, uh, I suppose, kind of kind of recapping three episodes at a time, hearing your your impressions of what the <laughs> fuck is going on in the show, because uh, I'm at a point where... I don't do impressions. I do impersonations. Do impersonations. Sure. <laughs> um, JoJo is a show in a, in a manga that still manages to surprise me on a mm-hmm. consistent basis. But going back to the original stuff, it, it feels so tame to me now. And I really, I got to, <laughs> I got to get pulled back into that fresh mindset. Uh, of yeah. Yeah. People, re- you know, reacting to this stuff for the first time. I guess before we, we get into it, I should also mention. If you have not watched JoJo and you've been meaning to get into it and this you know makes you want to start watching it along with us or something, um, there's a couple places to watch it. This time around for the podcast, we, we have been watching it on Netflix. You can also watch it for free on Crunchyroll. You just won't get the HD versions there unless you have a subscription. The Crunchyroll version only has a Japanese dub. We're listening to the English dub this time around. I've watched the whole show in Japanese. It makes it so much easier to take notes while watching. Yes, though. absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I agree. The one caveat, and I didn't know this until I started watching the episodes, is that season one of JoJo on Netflix is the broadcasted censored version. So a lot of the violence has like a black. Yeah, a lot of the violence has like a black gradient over it. So you can't really make out the violence too much. um, (laughs) Because, yeah, in the uncensored versions, like in the one of the very first scenes, there is like just an an ultraviolet like death like it already happened but like a corpse that is impaled through its face by wood uh and that's Mm -hmm. just fully drawn in the frame it's just on the netflix version it's mostly covered in black so you can only see the silhouette so yeah if that bothers you for some reason you want to see the really ridiculous late 80s anime gore (laughs) go watch it on crunchyroll (laughs) i guess but yeah other than that that's uh that's jojo without spoiling things but i will say one other thing about jojo even even if you spoil jojo for somebody they won't absorb the information (laughs) even if you tell them exactly what is i was at before i ever watched jojo my friend mario who was way into it was telling me spoilers for part four like literally the like the ultimate final boss of season four this is how his powers work all this stuff i went fucking what and i like laughed my ass off and then did not believe him and then that's exactly what happened (laughs) so yeah like i won't be you know, hinting at spoilers or anything like that, but even if I did, it probably wouldn't matter. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to those spoilers and talk about what happens in episode one, Dio, the invader. Ooh. <laughs> so immediately as it opens, I'm starting to rethink my, my question to go with the dub because these people sound like they fell out of a community theater production of <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> yeah. So I never really paid much attention to the English dub and I, and I, I really want to the, know what the it elder like. Brandos are. Oh, they're a treat. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. I think that the worst English accent has to be the the dearly departed, sainted Mrs. Brando. <laughs> uh, but but Dario, he sounds half Australian sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The accents in in the start of this season are all over the place. But the, these people I've mentioned, they, they are introduced as highway robbers who, who are uh, uh, coming to, to, like vultures, pick over the, the recent kill of this, this gentle dandy who has had a, a horrible uh, carriage accident in early Victorian England. Yeah, 1868. Uh, and so, like, his body and possessions are strewn about, including uh, the titular mask from The Mask. Uh, I didn't know that, that 
uh, that was one of the things that uh, JoJo influenced. <laughs> Stanley Ipkiss is is coming any day now. Mm-hmm. But but uh, it, it turns out this uh, apparently dead man is not yet dead, uh, and and misidentifies his his grave robbers as a good Samaritans come come to help him along, and so they they instead get credit for for saving the life of this fair weak dandy. <laughs> Yes, and we uh, love a fair week, Dandy. (laughs) Yes, and on top of saving his life, before he passes out, he asks about, "Oh, what about my my child, my baby?" Because his his wife, uh, still trapped in the carriage that is tipped over, is dead, but she protected the baby, still alive, Mm -hmm. still crying. Uh, And even before um, this wealthy man woke up, they were you know trying to pry the rings off his his wedding band off his hand and stuff, Uh, and they Mm -hmm. hear the baby crying and the the. Mrs. Dario there's like you know saying like oh my god this baby's still alive and Dario just goes ah fuck it it'll be dead soon <laughs> I want this ring when's the last time a baby picks someone out of a lineup okay like we, we're fine it's fine <laughs> yeah babies can't talk to to ch- sketch artists what are you thinking yeah the, this wealthy man wakes up and you know says oh thank God you know please let me know who you are. You know, I, I will never forget you helping me this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This wealthy man introduces himself as George Joestar. Of the Northumberland Joestars, I yeah. guess. Yeah, after introducing himself, uh, you know, he's quickly, tell me your name before I pass out. Our first instance of uh, monologuing to the audience, I suppose, happens here. <laughs> yes, yes. This is uh, something that happens throughout basically all of JoJo to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. You, there is no subtlety in JoJo. No, everyone uh, has their heart on their sleeve, whether it's to other people or just to the audience, because you are always getting access to their inner thoughts. Even if that inner thought takes minutes to uh, explain, <laughs> and it somehow took place in less than half a second. Uh, th- this is a soliloquy-friendly zone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Even from the, this first scene, Jojo, Jojo has a certain type of dramatic flair that really makes it feel like you could easily adapt a lot of it into a, a, a theater show. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which i mean does happen for a decent amount of anime and stuff but <laughs> even more here because the solilo like the the parts where one character just steps off to the side and just talks at the audience is already there <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh th- then we get our first time skip uh but you know this is a pretty normal one we just went from epilogue to actual or, or prologue to actual series oh actually i should uh, mention before this time skip one other important thing you mentioned that there was a mask there. Yes. In a briefcase. Yes. Before we go to this time skip, there is blood trailing from the dead impaled body of the, the guy, the man who is uh, driving the carriage. This trail of blood slowly trickles down and touches that, that stone mask that has now been thrown out of the suitcase. And uh, spikes and, come out. And spikes from the... Blood-activated spike mask. Yeah, the mask, just with a little bit of blood... Launches off the ground, big spikes shooting out from the the entire outer rim edge of the mask, uh, and it flies at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yes, we get our our first uh, time skip in the show. Uh, so now we meet our our real central characters. This this is the the story of the lifelong struggle between fancy lad and evil scheming gutter boy. <laughs> yes, this time skip is twelve years later. So. We uh we get a shot uh at the 
the Joestar estate mm-hmm. um, with the, the George Joestar's son uh, being a 12-year-old boy now about his name being Jonathan Joestar. We get several scenes switching between the lovely, fanciful, uh, sunny life of Jonathan Joestar playing at his mansion with his dog, Danny, and, mm-hmm. and getting that big dog, Big, lovely dog. Big dog. Great dog. And interspersing that with different uh, shots of Dario Brando, essentially bedridden. Be- bedridden, abusive piece of shit. Yes. Uh, just raising the most evil gutter snipe of all time, his son Dio. Yes, his son Dio Brando, who doesn't really seem to give much of a shit about his dad. He's bedridden, <laughs> cough- coughing his lungs out, uh, while Dio has his back, while well, he's sitting in a chair facing away from his dad, just reading a book by the fire. Doesn't really mm-hmm. seem to care too much about his dad. Uh, he's got medicine there, but his dad don't want any medicine. He doesn't want any snake oil. He just wants booze. <laughs> and while he says that, throws a liquor bottle at his son's fucking head. Real mixed messages. Do you want it or not, dad? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but he's got a letter. He's got a letter for his son uh, and, and instructions to deliver it to uh, uh, the, the great big house on the hill, the, the Joe Star Mansion. Oh, and even before... That letter. Just one other bit here with Jonathan Joestar uh, establishing what he is like. Uh, there's this girl being bullied by two oh yes two boys. They they have her doll. They're throwing it back and forth over her head, and she just cannot get the doll. They're taunting her and all this <laughs> shit, and you know to the point where she b- begins to to cry. Jonathan appears out of nowhere, charging at them, saying like, "Hey, don't you dare!" Don't you dare Gets mess with this lady. his ass handed to yeah, him. Yeah, he, he leaps in and starts just pounding on this guy's uh, stomach with repeated blows, and it's doing nothing because he just sucks at punching, I guess. <laughs> uh, and this, th- this, this guy who's like getting pummeled and just not being affected by it goes like, oh, you must be, who the fuck are you? Just does a, a single double-handed punch to the back and just floors Jonathan. <laughs> he has to fucking pull like a handkerchief to like wipe his nose. And it's got, you know, like his name on it, Jonathan Joestar. They know, oh, you're from that rich family. Well, fuck you, you stupid hoity-toity kid. Mm-hmm. But but he simply must defend the, the honor of those in need. <laughs> yeah, I love this part because he he tells this girl whose name is Arena that, you know, he, he doesn't know her. He just leapt in to protect, you know, protect her honor and stuff. But... When she tries to thank him, he goes like, fuck you. I don't need fuck your thanks. You. I don't. I do not care about you in reality. You are merely a vessel for me to prove that I am a gentleman. That is why I came to your rescue, because this is what I am supposed to do, not because I care about you. It's, I love that part. Oh, my God. I did not take a beating just now for your sake. It was to prove my honor as a gentleman or whatever. All I want to do is conduct myself as a gentleman, I think is what he says. So it'd be great if you could tell everybody that I'm a gentleman, but yeah. like you don't really matter in this situation. <laughs> oh, man. So so now Dio Brando arrives in his carriage and exits it in a way one does not exit a carriage. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we do need to talk about that letter, though. Oh, uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. But yeah, Dario gives gives Dio this letter. It is from George Joestar. Basically, George has kept his word and is remembering how Dario saved him and his, mm-hmm. his child. And uh, it's basically like, hey, Dario, if you ever need a favor from me, just call it in and I'll do whatever you need. And soon after this, uh, Dario dies. He just fucking eats it. And Dio, visiting Dario's grave, 
is, is saying, okay, Dad, you told me to you know, take this letter, go to the, the Joe Star estate to, to live with them. I'm, you know, I'm calling in the favor. They're going to, you know, you're going to go live with them now. Take them for everything they've got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while Dio's at Dario's grave remembering this, he goes, God, Dad, you were such a fucking asshole. Spits on the grave. I'll do exactly as you asked of me. And <laughs> do what you could never do and fucking rob these this rich family of everything they got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then he when he arrives in the carriage at the Joe Star estate, he fucking... He jumps like eight feet out of that carriage, yeah. superhero landing, drop kicks a dog on the way down. Yes. Yeah. John, Jonathan Joe stars immediately there. Uh, Jojo going like, oh, you must be, you know, you must be Dio. So great to meet you. Oh, there. Then his dog Danny is barking off screens. Oh, there's my dog Danny. He's great. You know, he's an old hunting dog. And yeah, Dio just immediately knees the dog <laughs> so hard in the face just uh, takes his jaw off and yeah. like uh uh and this is where we establish that that fancy lad george is just the fucking worst dad <laughs> he's a bad dad yeah apologize apologize to your new adopted brother for making him kick your dog yeah dio you know <laughs> he's already had like three different like monologues inside of his head but yeah, he's able to just make the weakest excuses and George sucks so much. He takes them all at face value. Like, oh, I'm sorry. The dog scared me. So I need him very hard in the face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And no real, no real solid apology. Just like, oh, I was scared. And then yet again, internal monologue. Haha, what a fool. He doesn't like it when I kick dogs like a chump. Yeah. And, cool and, people like it when I kick dogs. Yeah, and it's oh my god. There's even a shot of like Danny <laughs> like on the ground just convulsing. It was hit. So, it didn't even you know get hit and yipe run away. It's convulsing on the ground. <laughs> it got owned so hard. So 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 we get basically a, a, a montage of of Dio being adopted into the Joe Star family. And, mm-hmm. and enacting his plan to worm his way in and, and just, like, suck them dry, yeah. knock them off one at a time. And, and one <laughs> of that... subtlety is for chumps. Yeah, and one of those, like, just early things of, of his plan here is to just have better table manners than JoJo. Yes. Uh, because it's already been shown once before earlier in the episode that he eats very sloppily and he, like, fucking gulps down wine real fast and loudly and, oh, George... George hates bad table manners <laughs> attacking dogs that that is your pet well th- there's excuses for that but sipping wine too loudly oh my fucking god you fucking failure of a son of Papa mine joe star should just read a book about adopting a child in into your family i mean th- these are all <laughs> common issues it is <laughs> it might be new to you but it's not the first time this has happened in the world there is guidance available yeah Oh, uh, playing these kids off each other. He's a bad dad. He's, there's no good dad so far. No, Out of two dads, he's, both bad. He's pretty bad. Um, I wish I could talk about anything as much as Dio loves to talk about how evil he is. <laughs> he like, could go on for hours about it, how just a cool fucking evil guy I am. Yeah, like the, the way Dio monologues about this stuff gives me the impression that he wasn't formed into this awful evil person by his abusive dad i think he was straight up born this evil (laughs) and it was just augmented by how shitty of a dad he had Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, he seems to like his mom his dead mom yeah he's he does seem to have some reverence for his dead mom uh 
who apparently Dario just like drove into the grave, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she leapt out eight feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how you get out of a carriage in this it world. Is. That's the way it works. It is, yeah. So now we got we to gotta, uh, uh, catch up with this arena girl. Mm-hmm. Because now as we move into adolescence, little Jojo, his eyes are open to, to feminine wiles, uh, but only in, in the most chaste and gentlemanly way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Just, you know, going to parks, uh, you know, carving your initials into a tree, just kind of frolicking, I guess, is the word I would yeah, use. Yeah. Frolicking. And after we've hung on Dio's every single word for like 12 years of his life, uh, Arena just gets kind of a montage. I don't think she talks in this sequence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. You, you really see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So JoJo, especially at the start, doesn't do much with women characters. I'm, I'm g- guessing that's probably because Araki didn't know how. Well, okay, there's a couple reasons. I'm thinking, one, he didn't know how to write the women, maybe. And two, at least at the time when he was uh, making uh, JoJo at the start, there were times where he tried to have female characters do more things, and then his editors would say, "People, the kids who read Shonen Jump don't want to see girls do stuff," and no. so he would have to like edit that shit out. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. There there was a, a Bulma focused chapter three months ago where the the the, the woman quota is used up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that, like montage, Dio is like sneaking behind a tree and just thinking to himself like god even after all this stuff i'm doing to make you know jonathan's life hell like earlier when they had like a a, a, a like a boxing match and he beat the shit out of jonathan and like jammed yes. his thumb in his eyeball <laughs> for the extra like coup de While constantly talking about how you can't be a real fighter unless you grow up in in the slums yes yeah He's thinking like, God, Jonathan, is his Jojo's mood is too good. It must be because of that arena. I have to take this away from him too. Hiding behind the uh, the tree where their their initials are carved in that, that Jojo carved mm-hmm. in. Uh, he finds arena and just with uh, his two friends, which were the people bullying arena earlier in the episode, he just fucking kisses her out of nowhere. Yes, yes. And they all make fun of, because the, the whole point isn't to, to worry about her. Like, yeah, she's pretty distressed. Mm-hmm. But but the, the point is to mock Jojo for his girlfriend getting assaulted, because that makes him a loser. Yeah, yes, <laughs> what somehow. The fuck? It's fucking bizarre. Whoa, hey. But she's the only person who, like, gets one over on Dio, and it's just, like, degrading herself further by washing her mouth out with a mud puddle. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's. This gets under his skin. Yeah, that's the first thing to actually piss Dio off, is that insult to, to his kiss, I guess. Uh, oh, I should also point out um, during this part where he's thinking to himself, like, aha, I have kissed her, and I have denied Jojo the comfort of friendship and love via this. Um, Mm -hmm. Frequently, when people in Jojo are just thinking to themselves, you will not just see them standing there, you know, not animating, rather you will get, like, a uh, psychedelic-colored version of them in their mind with, like, repeating patterns and geometric shapes floating around them. They're always, like, bright neon colors and stuff. It becomes very, like, uh, uh, Studio Giallo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, like, a trademark of JoJo is both in people's thoughts and in, we'll see it later in the episode, too, just in uh, certain certain scenes 
things are will be colored wildly differently based on the mood of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so when things are when things are going bad for a character or things getting really serious, suddenly everyone's hair will be a different color because everything will be tinted just by like a single color value. Um, <laughs> and this is something like reflected in the manga too, especially later parts of JoJo. There, things are almost never colored normally at a certain point. Everything's always like kind of psychedelic, psychedelic colors. And that's just something I really like about JoJo. The anime uh, actually tries to keep a lot of the actual elements of the manga itself when it can, including, and it's already happened in this episode, comic book style onomatopoeias just floating yes. in the frame. Yes. Yeah. There, there's more animosity, more confrontation, more seething resentment between these two boys with their dead moms and their shitty dads. And oh man, the parallels. <laughs> As another small thing, like Dio has turned basically all of Jonathan's friends against him by saying, oh, "Like yes, he yeah. he says that uh, JoJo is a snitch. Yeah. What did he snitch about? No idea. No, no one, one knows. seems to ask the follow up question. But yeah, Dio is just such a smooth talker. He's convinced all of his friends that Jonathan sucks. <laughs> but but that's not the height of his his uh, youthful villainy. No, no." Uh, <laughs> It's not enough to kick a dog in the face. (laughs) You have to incinerate a dog alive. Yeah. Oh, my God. Even before the dog gets incinerated, uh, you know, Jonathan figures out that, like, Arena's acting weird around him. Dio must have done something. He gets real pissed, goes back home to find Dio reading the book, and they get into a little, they get into a fight. They start punching the shit out of each other. Oh, yes. This is important. Yes. Yeah. While Dio previously had beaten Jonathan in this boxing match, uh, Jonathan's easy, hands down. E- super easy. Jonathan's pissed now, and even though Dio lands like some hard blows on him, Jonathan just bounces right back and just la- like fucking floors Dio, actually makes his <laughs> nose bleed, draws a lot of blood, th- punches him to the floor. And when he punches Dio, blood goes flying. And in the, the main room, the foyer of the, the Joe Star estate, on the wall is that the stone, stone mask, mask from the Whoa. start of the yeah, from the start of the episode. And Dio's blood goes flying, gets splattered all over the mask, and uh, the spikes activate again, and it pushes spikes it off pock the wall. Out, yeah, falls to the ground, bum, bum, bum. But now, yes, th- this uh, uh, insolence is what inspires Dio to go find Danny and throw him in the garbage incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, puts him in a crate. I, I love, like, the, the Joestar Estate, like, butler, you know, putting that box and lighting the fire, just sitting there lighting a smoke, and then hearing, you know, scratching and scuffling from inside and for like 20 long seconds just going, oh no, there must be something in there. What could it be? Uh-oh! And doing <laughs> and doing nothing about it. And then it's just, bam, a hard cut to there's a, a little doggy grave in the yard. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, Jonathan. Danny's dead. He got thrown in the incinerator. We think it might have been a burglar. <laughs> Jojo, li- little Johnny boy. There is a gun somewhere on this estate, okay? <laughs> y- y'all do fox hunts, right? Come on. He was a hunting dog. There, It, it was an accident. Come on. I, I thought Dio was a quail. Come on, Dad. Yeah. You're an idiot. You'll accept that. Yeah. God. So, yeah, jo- Jojo goes back to bed, and he cries himself to sleep over the death of Danny. Uh, and the episode ends with Dio just thinking, essentially... Haha, I I may have even the score killing his mutt, 
But, you know, JoJo's way stronger than I thought. You know, I'm going to have to get even more evil. I'm going to have to really <laughs> fuck this shit up. Uh, and he, and he believe and he finds himself thinking uh, that his one vulnerable spot, D- Dio's one weakness, is his anger, and he has to take control of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, it, the the episode ends because the show also has a narrator who has a, a <laughs> is very dramatic. Um, oh yeah, again subtleties for chumps. We, yeah. we have no place for that here. Totally. Uh, yeah, the camera at the end of the episode just focuses on the stone mask, and the narr- narrator says, uh, seven years pass. So we get our next time skip next episode. Next episode is episode two, A Letter from the Past. And so, yeah, we, we've skipped ahead. Yeah, real quick, I just want to say uh, the, the ending credits are uh, uh, something to behold, because uh, this is the beginning of JoJo, the anime, always using, like rock music and other popular songs from the 80s and 90s from the west <laughs> for their mm-hmm, ending credit mm-hmm. theme uh this this is the song they're using here of course is roundabout which is a big a big jojo meme because the the little to be continued like lower third that slides in as roundabout begins was like a really good template for editing in jokes and shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, eight and a half minute song yeah uh, about three of those minutes are really good yep uh <laughs> yep <laughs> that- yeah that's english prog rock in the 70s for you mm-hmm. yeah the, the credits usually uses the good part but sometimes they do <laughs> slide it around but before we get to that the the second episode i just want to ask you from the little bits you've probably seen and, and heard absorbed on the internet just from people talking about jojo is mm-hmm. this where you thought the series would start you know i i knew that uh i, I was in for like a multi-generational story yeah uh, uh, of supernatural adventure. I, and yeah, that, that like it was the familiar bits Mm -hmm. weren't in the beginning yet. Okay. That, that it starts, uh, and then develops into the thing people won't shut up about. Yes. Yeah. So I, I wasn't sure exactly where we were starting, but I was expecting something a little, so something more like this, you know, a, okay. a foundation from which to build and develop and shift. Sure. Yeah, because that was not the not how it happened for me. Because when I started watching this several years ago, all I knew were like the one or two things people don't shut up about. So mm-hmm. when the first episode starts and it is the late eighteen hundreds, and it's just fancy boys being angry. At yeah, each it's, other. it's just fancy lad quarrels over the family estate. <laughs> uh, I was like very confused where this like that it started like that. I actually kind of love that it starts this way now. Um, mm-hmm. And I also love that if you took the stone mask out of this first episode, there would be no hint that this would become like a shonen battle show. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it was just like a drama almost. <laughs> I mean, the the boxing match kind, kind oh, of sure, the uh, uh, lays match. that out. And just the, the way that like it, it comes up in my notes more in the second episode, mm-hmm. but the way that everything is presented as a fight and fights are so like chess matchy if i x then he will y yes so so like the the seeds are planted yeah this is even from the get-go there are elements of that in jojo but the further jojo has gone on the more the battles have become uh chess matchy style things it is far less concerned Mm -hmm. with just blank x person punched harder so they won (laughs) and more with how did they figure out to land the, the 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 final hit and stuff like that which is one of my favorite qualities of JoJo. It's one of the reasons why the battles are actually interesting after a certain point. 
Okay, well, we will get to that point eventually. eventually. For now, we have to talk about episode two, A Letter from the Past. And we start with this incredible <laughs> swerve because the narrator's back, setting the stage. Uh, we, we've gone from pre-teens to, to burly young men. Start with the, the narrator talking about the Whitechapel murders. And so yep. your first thought is, oh, Dio grows up to be Jack the Ripper. Yes. No, no, no. The point of this is that Dio is more evil than Jack the Ripper, an entirely separate man. God, yeah, that that's the the you know, just saying, oh Jack, you know, for how terrible Jack the Ripper is, the feud between Jojo and Dio would unleash something far worse upon the world. What the fuck could that be? This is Jack the Ripper. What? It's oh, it's such a good fucking opening. <laughs> But, but then, yeah, we, we rejoin our, our hero boys uh, uh, on the rugby pitch, and the fancy lad got big. He is fucking huge. They He's li- huge! So, yeah, they're playing rugby. The, the announcer set, you know, actually says JoJo's height uh, in centimeters, and I, like, you know, just convert that to, to feet, and he's, like, 6'4". Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. Fu- And it's not even just his height. He is he's just... He's 500 pounds of muscle. <laughs> he is fucking massive he is a just like a brick shit house we see him wearing like a, a suit in a few scenes and i'm like what what was the tailor thinking you walk in there like i my my templates don't do that yeah my what god if- this i this man needs enough clothes to cover five men he's so big he's just wide speaking of five men that's how many jojo carries down the pitch he cannot be tackled <laughs> But no, he, he doesn't cross the line himself. No, no, no. A lateral pass to his adopted brother, because sometimes the path to victory lies in the help <laughs> of the guy who killed your favorite dog. <laughs> and so the, the crowd goes wild. The, the collegiate sports press is just slobbering over these two. They're also yeah. big shippers because they really want to know what each one thinks of the other. Yes. Yeah, I love that. This was their final game. They're both ready to graduate soon mm-hmm. uh dio is getting a degree in law <laughs> mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. uh and, and jojo uh is is uh studying archaeology specifically uh, the mysterious stone mask that, yeah. that hangs in their their foyer what, what is the mystery behind this mask <laughs> um but yeah while you know they they have won the match and dio is being interviewed jonathan is thinking Looking at Dio thinking like, oh, you know, it's been seven years. You know, I, I still, still fucking hate his ass. Yeah, I still can't trust Dio no matter all these years where we've made up and we've been friends and stuff. Like, there's just something off about this. And then we immediately cut to Dio and he is also thinking, God, I hate JoJo. <laughs> God, I hate, you know, I hate fucking playing buddy with this dude. But my plans are coming to fruition soon and, and all this shit. You know, a long last, the Joestar fortune will be mine. So they go home, they see uh, Papa George, who is in bed convalescing. He is weak and frail. This cold that he has just won't go away. Like, he's getting a little better, but he's just got a cough that just won't leave him. And they're getting along, talking about their rugby match and all this shit. Mm -hmm. Um, They do a little dance, which is something. Yeah, they do a little dance. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we cut to uh, Jojo working on the stone mask, trying to figure out its mysteries, uh, because he noticed while they were fighting seven years ago, the blood from Dio activating the mask. Which is fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah. So he's, you know, he's got like a book full of notes that he's written studying the mask. Uh, 
you know, he takes a knife and drops a little drip of, of blood from his finger onto the mask to make the spikes come out. He's still just like, God, I don't know what the fuck this is for. <laughs> but he goes to, uh, like, go through the, the family library to get some books to, to look up, you know, what this mask could be and all that. And he accidentally knocks some stuff down. And uh, one of the things slipped in between a bunch of the books was the letter from Dario Brando. Um, yes bum, bum, bum. and when he begins, and uh he begins to read it and he, and he makes a, a discovery uh and then he he vows to be friends no more with dio brando the guy who has sworn to ruin <laughs> your life yeah don't be friends with him he's not a good friend yeah it's and he he uh confronts dio on the second floor leading up to uh their dad's uh room because Dio is carrying Which is another a, great example of the drama-powered lighting in the Joe Star Mansion. Yes, I love it. The yeah, Dio is carrying a tray with some water and George's uh, medicine on it. He's been doing that in place of the butler because the butler's getting old and it hurts to go up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, After 40 years of burning dogs for your father, <laughs> my legs just don't have it in him. Oh, man. But yeah, before he can reach George... Uh, Jojo is confronting Dio about this letter, you know, saying, hey, guess what this letter is? Guess guess who wrote it? Mm-hmm. Um, and he points, he starts reading it out to Dio, pointing out that these symptoms that Dario Brando himself had enlisted in the letter before he died are extremely similar to that of George's symptoms. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, my God. And yeah, essentially accusing Dio of poisoning slowly both Dario and George. So Dio knows that the, the jig is up. He has yep. to do something, but not before he insults Jojo by calling him a cur. <laughs> he fucking hates dogs. His favorite insult is to call someone a dog. <laughs> Jojo basically tells Dio, like, hey, I'll drop this entire issue if you can just swear on your father's honor that this is not poison. Saying that while knowing that Dio must fucking hate his dad so much that he can't mm-hmm. do it. And yeah, he can't. He he just fucking can't uh, swear in his father's honor. And he gets like visibly like uh, caught off guard when asked to do that. <laughs> but yeah, Dio takes one punch at Jojo. And I love that it doesn't phase him at all. Like he doesn't even get knocked back or anything. No, no, because he got beefy. He got, he super got real beefy. beefy. Now, Dio also got beefy, but Jojo. Super beefy. Jojo is noticeably like just he is fucking thick this dude like, he he's almost as wide as he is tall somehow he spent all those years hitting the weight room absolutely yeah. jojo goes to the one place he knows uh some some mysterious apothecary might know something about poisons yeah he takes a journey toward ogre alley in good old london town oh man okay so this is the second instance of this happening and it's not a thing that's going to happen like every other episode, but it is a fairly common thing when Jojo gets to Ogre Alley, he he looks down uh, an alleyway and there is literally like an ogre face like mm-hmm. like coming out of the wall at the end of this alley, but a cat jumps out of the snow at the end of this alley and it's carrying a dead puppy that it's eating yes! in its mouth. Yes! And, and Jojo... This is, this is the turning point. This is the yeah. dog violence that is... Yeah. Th- that turns what the show has been into, like you were saying, the, the, the show it has the the uh, reputation of being. This, this is the threshold to dog yes. violence. Yes. Uh, 
a shorthand for villainy that comes up a lot throughout the many parts of JoJo is evil things killing dogs for no reason. <laughs> Not even like, hey, this dog's in my way. I will kill it. No, it's just... <laughs> The dogs just get killed, man. Before this dog dies, it is a historical drama where everyone's acting really extra. Yes. But after <laughs> this dog dies, it's a supernatural fight boy show with with colorful costumes, people doing weird fights. We, we're about to meet a man with a knife hat. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's about to get real shonen anime up in here. And while some might say that the threshold is entering Ogre Alley itself, I say no. It's when that cat ate a puppy. God. Yeah. While while Jojo is going to to try and figure out the origin of this poison and how to how to cure it, uh, Dio is um, Jojo ordered a bunch of servants to guard George and. You know, there's like eight doctors there and only they could administer medicine to George now. Don't take anything from Dio or the butler or anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, so Dio can't do much right now, but he also actually happens to know about the stone mask. He also noticed when it popped off the wall uh, all those years ago. And so I mean, it's he, a pretty weird thing. It, it's, it's noticeable. Weird, yeah. He is breaking into Jojo's uh, desk drawer to take the mask and his plan is to, when Jojo gets back, to just put the mask on him and make the spikes impale his brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just going to straight up murder him. Because what cop is going to know to look for a blood-activated spike mask? It's the perfect crime. It, it is. <laughs> yeah, while Jojo is in London, in Ogre Alley, he is approached by three men, ruffians, gangsters, ruffians i like ruffians yeah i'd say ruffians yeah but they're all charging at jojo getting ready to to attack him kill him and, and mug him take his stuff and this first man just leaps at jojo with a knife and jojo just grabs the knife with his bare hands mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the guy's like wow you're a crazy motherfucker but i'm just gonna <laughs> yank the knife back and i'm just gonna slice all your fingers off and, but before uh -uh. he can do that but if you cut off my fingers i will pulverize your balls <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's just jojo's threat is just hey i already got i'm already locked onto your balls and i'm gonna kick them really hard so don't do that <laughs> i have target lock <laughs> and and also saying like hey i don't care if you cut my fingers off because my drive is to protect my family and i'm fucking crazy right now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just looking at the, the fashions here, looking at uh, uh, the, the sort of language being used, I have to say this is all incredibly historically sound. Yes. Uh, this is exactly what 1880s London was like <laughs> to a T. But yeah, Jojo very handily like beats the two of the three guys, and the guy left is kind of like the boss of the group here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he starts talking a little bit of trash to this guy, and you know says, uh, "If you're looking to lose body parts, stick around." And goes, "Hey, check this out!" And he flicks the brim of his hat, and the brim pops off, and the brim inside is just razor blades. <laughs> like yes. knife blades and he can do hat tricks where he flips it in the air and it goes flying <laughs> and he can have it run from one arm to the other behind like across his shoulders and flick it back onto his head he's very good with his knife hat he yeah. has incredible knife hat skills yeah his name is robert eo speedwagon <laughs> by the way 
Yes, so this is uh, one of the first instances of another uh, tradition throughout JoJo. Characters and other important things are very frequently named after Western bands and musicians. Robert E.O. Speedwagon being a very obvious one. Yeah, uh, uh, named for Champaign, Illinois' own REO yes. Speedwagon. Yeah, very close to where I work. There is Robert E.O. Uh, REO Speedwagon Lane. Oh, yeah, they oh. get named after that. There's a that's the uh, the barbecue place we go to. That's that road. <laughs> that's where it is. Um, uh, I can't fight this feeling any longer, and that feeling <laughs> is a need for barbecue. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I mean, there's Dio himself. Yes, Dio as well. So go listen to Heaven and Hell from mm-hmm. when Dio was the singer of Black Sabbath. It, it, you'll have a good time. Yeah. Um, oh, I should mention it doesn't happen in these first three episodes, but. Uh, a lot of times you're going to have a fun little game to play where you hear the name of a new character and you go, okay, what reference is that? But it's made a little bit harder because a lot of the names have to be slightly changed to avoid like lawsuits. <laughs> so let here, here's an example from like a much, much later part of JoJo, and it's not even a spoiler. There is something in a later part called Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Mm-hmm. It's new name, so they don't get sued. Is filthy acts done at a reasonable price? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the name of my OnlyFans. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, there's lots of times where there's going to be really goofy names. It's like, wait, what the fuck is that name? Oh, it's this metal band. I got it. <laughs> but yeah, Speedwagon uh, charges at JoJo. He throws his knife hat. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes spinning, it's hard to track, and it embeds into JoJo's arm, Speedwagon saying, ah, it sounds like it has gone all the way down to the bone. Uh, and that doesn't matter. <laughs> Which he can tell through his passive sonar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that uh, that doesn't actually matter. Uh, JoJo just kicks the shit out of him anyways. <laughs> yes, yes. And Speedwagon thinks an entire paragraph about <laughs> uh, what is happening in the time it takes to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> After he's defeated, like, dozens upon dozens, maybe even even hundreds of, of ruffians appear carrying a wide array of weapons, scythes, like, sickles, knives, a whole bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, torches. Before any of them can attack him, Speedwagon, who is the, apparently the boss of all of these hundreds of men. He, he's the Ogre King. <laughs> yeah, he's the Ogre King. He goes, hey, none of you fuck with this guy. I can tell he's a nice dude because he didn't utterly kill me. <laughs> this dude who is ready to just murder somebody just for some like pocket change, possibly, is now so devoted to Jojo because he could mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. he could just feel Jojo's gentlemanly spirit through combat that uh, he is like a sworn brother for life now. <laughs> It's just that easy. Mean, meanwhile, Dio has arrived in London, just drinking whiskey in an alley in his big feathered overcoat. God, I love the the, the feathered overcoat. But yeah, he's he's getting drunk and he's like lamenting that he is just like his dad. He is also an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some two other dudes just start like taunting him, making fun of him, like, "Hey, what you know with this." You know, this fucking drunk that's just hanging out. This guy sucks or whatever. And so Dio gets the idea to do a a dry run, a dress rehearsal of his murder plan. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he kills one dude, puts the blood on the mask of the other, puts the mask on the other dude. And yeah, the spice come out and kill him. It works great. He's feeling good, except that guy gets back the fuck up. He's a vampire. The mask makes vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
The vampire is absurdly strong. Uh, Dio picks up a knife while the, this vampire is lunging at him. The knife goes clean between like two of the vampire's fingers and cleaves his hand in half. And it doesn't matter. The the broken hand smashes into a wall and like just utterly destroys it. Like you know, just makes a crater mm-hmm. out of the wall. Um, uh, uh, Dio gets thrown forty feet, and <laughs> yeah. in his internal monologue, he's so proud that he calls that a glancing blow. <laughs> Uh, but this is a surprisingly standard vampire. He he yeah. looks kind of vampire-y. Uh, I guess the one exception is that he tries to drink Dio's blood by penetrating his neck with fingers instead yes. of fangs. Yeah, vampires in the JoJo world can totally suck blood through their fingers. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, the most traditional thing we see is that this fight is happening moments before the dawn. And as the sun comes up over the Thames, the, this... Uh, uh, a random street vampire is is desiccated to ash. Yep. One, I love Dio's monologue of just saying like, wow, thank fuck the sun came up. <laughs> <laughs> Takes the mask back um, and he returns home, sits down, The all the lights are off. Which but, means uh, either Papa is dead yep. or Jojo just wanted to set the mood. Yes. It's impossible to tell. I do not know. <laughs> Yeah, Jojo is there in the dark. He lights a candle and goes, Dio, I know exactly what you've done, and you're going to answer for your crimes. And that's the end of episode two. And that's the end. That, that's the first time the, the to-be-continued meme makes sense. Yes. Yes. Not every episode, but frequently Roundabout begins before the credits even show up, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a really fun element of, like, it's fun to have that lead Here up. comes the big cliffhanger. Here yeah. comes, yeah. So, some some's coming. Yeah, something's coming. But yeah, that is episode two. Episode two, episode three, Youth with Dio. What were the first two episodes about then? <laughs> uh, but yes, Youth with Dio. Uh, this is, like I said earlier, where I put in my notes that everything is a fight. We've got our mm-hmm. harsh colors, our internal strategy monologues, even though this is an argument. No one's punching. It, it is a, a fight of, of words and evidence. And also, I just want to point out that, like, it started the previous episode, but this episode as well. Like, man, the uh, the opening intro for this season yes. kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> the second episode is the first time it's shown. Yeah. The third episode is the first time elements of it begin to make sense. Yes. It's an emulation of the, the uh, manga art Mm-hmm. applied to 3D models and taking the stylization even more than the regular episode information yeah. uh, uh animation yeah a- and they straight up panels just... flying all over yeah. and and a lot of motifs a lot of you know props and i would assume further moments represented in the yes. op yeah totally the the show the show uses cg intros for quite a while yeah, the one of the cool things about the intro is on a, upon a second watch, there's a lot of details in it that you would never notice until unless you knew what was going to happen. So when mm-hmm. you go back, it's like, oh, shit, that thing, even like really big events are pro- sometimes like sneakily foreshadowed via the way they they storyboard their uh, opening intros. It's really cool. But again, the show is unspoilable. So there you go. It's true. Yeah. Even if I said anything, it's just like fucking what? All right. <laughs> Guess I'll wait and see. <laughs> Sure, the statue is important, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, in, in this opening uh, uh, where Dio is being left to, to plead his case however he can, mm-hmm. that statue uh, in 
giant statue in the middle of, of the, the grand hall of the Joestar Mansion does get some some uh, good framing. It, it's yeah. conspicuous. Yeah, the the I will say the show is um it's an extremely accurate adaptation of the manga. I guess part of the reason why is because you know it started in the eighties and they have so much material. There's no need to make filler. <laughs> you just have the raw pacing of the manga. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they cut very little out. I, the only thing they really cut out was uh, the the level of violence inflicted upon Danny. <laughs> oh no! So Danny was you know lit on fire just like in in the show, but in the manga, he actually he actually is able to get out. He bursts out of the furnace, but you know it's a dog on fire and all of his skin is burned off. <laughs> they took that part out. If there's oh anything, boy! Oh boy! If there's anything cut out from the show, it's usually just like we don't need to see the dog actually on fire. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, the interrogation of Dio, who, by the way, now has one arm in a cast due to that glancing blow from a vampire. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while, while JoJo's confronting Dio, Dio is trying to play up. He's trying to weasel out of it. And he's yes. trying to, by, by trying to admit guilt and, and show remorse, like, God, I am so sorry. I am a, I am a messed up person. I need help. You know, and please. Jojo's just... starting to fall for it. He, yeah. he would believe Jason Voorhees if he said he was just here to tr- trim the hedges. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> While this is, is happening, we get another monologue and in, in, in we get to see Dio's thoughts again. And he's thinking, God, I hope uh, Jonathan buys this for just long enough that he gets in striking distance because he's inside like his cast hidden on top of his arm is both the got the mask and he's yes. waiting for Jojo to get in striking distance so he can kill him. Mm-hmm. And and this particular knife that is yes. uh, uh, important, the the knife that split the hand. Yes. D- Dio is thinking that the knife is somehow related to the mask magic. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's right. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Dio is like fake crying. He's making, you know, he's turned the waterworks on. And just but that's as- not going to work. Yeah. Jojo's got backup. Ario Speedwagon is here. <laughs> To demonstrate that he's such a fine judge of character. Yes. And he does this by giving his life story for some reason. (laughs) You can just say he's lying. I don't need your bona fides. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Yeah, I love that this criminal is somehow like an incredible judge of character. He's Um, a walking lie detector, this guy. Yeah. And while he's like talking about how Dio's like a filthy liar and he's seen his type before, he kicks mm-hmm. a candle at Dio mm-hmm. for no real reason. Also, he emphasizes the fact that babies can be evil. That is a thing that is true. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that part. He does do that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's been evil since he drew his first breath, I think is what he said. Babies can be evil. But those babies can totally be, be evil. But yeah, while while Speedwagon's talking about this, he uh they they have a big curtain drawn just so this can be even more dramatic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that this difficult decision of what to do with his uh, adopted brother, whether whether to offer clemency as a gentleman, mm-hmm. is taken away from him by cops because <laughs> cops are just going to do what they do. Yep, they have the uh, apothecary Dio got the the medicine from. They they brought him all the way back to the mansion. Yeah, they just pull back the curtain and, aha, there's eight cops here. And also George Joestar, who is healthy now. He's gotten an antidote for the poison. And probably thinks Dio's the better son, even still. Probably. Like, goddamn. There's also this little thing where, like, the apothecary is thinking to himself that, like, ah, Dio looks like he's in, you know, 
in trouble right now, but he, you know, I've read the moles on his ear because Dio has three little moles on the lobe of his left ear. Mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. that's that's like the marking of an incredibly lucky person. He has the luck of the devil, that one. Yeah. So, so the cops move in. Uh, And then Dio hatches the perfect plan. It seems that you cannot arrest a vampire. (laughs) He masks himself uh, and and then plays dead for a while as as the the, uh, uh, foul transformation takes hold. Yeah, he he goes to stab Jojo and George Joestar gets in the way and gets stabbed in the back. But that that blood, he uses George Joestar's blood on the mask. He uh, just gets fucking loaded up with bullets all the cops just <laughs> unload their 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 clips into him uh and he gets shot so hard he goes flying out a window mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so now it's time for a flashback <laughs> yeah absolutely i love this flash, and it's not even a flashback from like a character we know it's just one of the cops who hasn't been who hasn't said much at all yet yeah yeah the the cop has to explain how uh, it, it's all his fault because he he knew that George was too soft hearted, mm-hmm. and he, he should have uh, uh, taken the uh, decisions away from him and and locked up Dario and Dio years ago when he had the chance. Uh, th- this is our our look back at what their their life was in between the mm-hmm. the prologue to regular episode time skip yeah J- george joestar has the sort of nobility beyond common sense <laughs> yes. that, that only exists in in like fables yeah you know? yeah absolutely Th- this is the sort of of hand extended to someone who's undeserving that that you would expect from like a talking fox sort of story <laughs> yeah it, it it all revolves around uh, uh, him insisting that Dario has his wife's wedding band as a gift, not uh, uh, because he stole it. This is literally the story of, from like the Bishop and the Candlesticks from the beginning of Les Miserables. It's oh, literally God. that. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I want to bring up <laughs> real quick some of the things the the author of JoJo Araki has a lot of inspirations that very clearly show in his work. One mm-hmm. of them is he is a big fucking like art history nerd. Okay. That likes to seep through um in a lot of his stuff even though like a lot of the situations are super fucking absurd. He loves to try to base them in real history and then make them really fucking crazy by putting vampires and shit in them. <laughs> <laughs> um and he also uh he fucking loves Italy. That's just a thing that's going to come up a There's lot. There's a soon. lot of art history in Italy. Yeah. Uh, there's there's an overlap there so like just keep in mind that he loves he's like a big art history nerd and and loves like you know varying movements of art because that stuff shows up a lot in in different ways yeah after that that flashback george joe started saying his his final words to jojo you know what's a better way to die than in my son's arms (laughs) (laughs) um yeah he dies uh speed wagon is moved to tears saying rich Mm -hmm. folks are rubbish but that guy was great yeah, and the, the, what makes that guy great is also in his son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has passed on the torch to, like, he hasn't died. He's just transferred over to JoJo or whatever. He is as confident in his ability to read people as Dio is in his own evil. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he cannot shut up about how good he is <laughs> at figuring out what makes people tick. Yeah, uh, and while this is happening, people suddenly notice, wait a minute, Dio's body is gone. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, my God. 
so he appears, he picks up a police officer, throws him into somebody else hard enough for his limbs to detach from his body. Yeah, and those limbs also somehow flying so hard that they hit uh, a speed wagon hard enough to break his limbs. (laughs) I need, like, a a Mythbusters segment to tell me what kind of force... (laughs) Measure it in newtons and give me a number. <laughs> yeah, Theo is uh, like leaping onto like the ceiling and just hanging out there, sucking the blood of police officers, killing them, uh, mm-hmm. turning them. They they are turning into other vampires, I guess, or other zombies rather. Speedwagon just proving that he was born to be an anime sidekick. Oh, you know, yeah, he was born tough, to but not tough enough to do do the the really important stuff. Yeah, but always there to explain the guy he's sidekicking for his like thoughts and actions. Yep, but and also explain to him things he doesn't quite realize. Yeah, like Speedwagon does try to do the protagonist move. Like when Dio first comes up and he's just slowly walking towards jojo he's like yo you got to shoot him jojo and he can't pull the trigger so he just grabs a cop's gun and just fucking mm-hmm. blasts dio right in the head but you know he's a vampire so that don't do shit to him <laughs> that, that is one of Speedwagon's only attempts at like being more proactive than the protagonist uh and it does not work out for him he has an absolute knack for for establishing what's happening either through through words or deeds mm-hmm. and that's what i need in my sidekick <laughs> Uh, Dio tells us that the the power of the mask is to unlock the brain's hidden potential. Yes. I did not know that the brain's hidden potential was vampirism. Good to know. <laughs> Maybe it's just one form of it. I don't know. Maybe there's different <laughs> buttons you can push in the brain to do, get other things out of it. But Not many people know this, but the limitless pill makes vampires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know that Scarlett Johansson movie? Vampires. Oh, shit. Yeah. Not long after that, he's talking my language, shouting out Polonius. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. somebody's hiding behind a curtain, and that somebody needs to die. Yes. Uh, oh, I should, right before that happens, we should bring up, because it just shows up so damn much in this this fight. Uh, Jojo pulls a gigantic fucking spear off of a, like a, yes. a suit of armor to fight Dio yes. with. And, you know, Dio's so strong that even though, like, the spear gets impaled through his hand, he can just bend the spear and snap it. And now the spearhead flies into Jojo's, like, shoulder. And it um, stays there for a very long a time. A really long time. <laughs> yeah, Dio's talking about Polonius and shit. Uh, slowly advancing towards a curtain he believes Jojo is hiding under uh, or, or behind. And when he pulls the curtain back, somehow there's a raging inferno behind it. He could not hear until the curtain was pulled. <laughs> I mean, blackout curtains, they work. Uh, That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. But yeah, both Jojo and Speedwagon hid behind that curtain, lit the fire back there so that they could set Dio on fire and hopefully burn him to death. But it's (laughs) not quite working because Dio's regenerative vampire powers are still stronger than the fire. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're fighting. They're doing fights. Uh, Jojo's outfit is is revealing more of his biceps and that he is (laughs) basically a He-Man doll. Yeah. Like, he is giant arms, giant torso. <laughs> so the anime does a very good job of, like, adapting the art style of Jojo, but while, like, cleaning it up, because the the very start of Jojo, like, Araki has been doing the manga for so long that his art has improved, and also the style has changed over time. So the mm-hmm. different parts of the anime adapt the different styles of art, the way they were drawn, but they do clean them up, because, like, the original Jojo volumes 
it, he was very much emulating the style of Fist of the North Star, which you can still kind of see. Jojo has the super thick, blocky eyebrows. He's super yeah, huge, yeah. just like Ken. He wasn't super great at drawing yet, so like the beefiness of Jojo is even more in the anime. His He has a tiny little pinhead, and he has <laughs> arms thicker than trees. Like, I'll have to send you like a panel at some point, because it is hilarious how beefy he is. Dio walks up a wall. That's fun. He does. Vampires do that. And it's not even just like, ah, his his mystical vampire powers just lets him walk upon a surface. He's like jamming his feet into the wall so he can make footholds. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's fun. He's also got like a, he's got a real uh, saunter up the wall. He's got one hand in a pocket and he's doing like a big shoulder sway. Like he's walking on the catwalk (laughs) while he's going up that wall. It's good. Maybe this is the moment where Jojo becomes Jojo. <laughs> it might be, actually, yeah. Eh, it still might be when the cat eats a puppy. <laughs> it still might be that. I don't know. It could be the knife hat. I don't know. <laughs> so many parts, it's like, that's where Jojo starts. No, that's where Jojo... But, so, Speedwagon got, like, exploded out of the mansion, so now he's narrating the combat outside. Yes, yeah, he's doing his job, and he takes it seriously. He really does. But uh, Jojo is trying to climb higher and higher up to the roof. The point is to uh, burn the entire mansion down around Dio, make a fire so hot it it burns him faster than his vampire-regenerating powers can deal with it. Yeah, I, I love when they get to the roof because all of a sudden the fire is a bright purple and it's lighting mm-hmm. everything as such. And uh, uh, this is how you save money on a cremation for, for George. Oh, and yeah. And also all the police and uh, yeah, it's, really everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> one and done. <laughs> what do we do with the estate? Just burn it. Jojo is sort of uh, uh, sacrificing himself to destroy the evil that is Dio. That is his plan, to keep him in the house in order for it to all burn down around him. This is his struggle. They have some serious fucking (laughs) punch-em-ups. Yeah. Uh, I love the aspect of um, Jojo tackles Dio uh, while they're on the roof so that they're back in the mansion and they're falling. They're falling to the yes. first floor. This mansion is only like three or four stories or something like that. And they are falling for minutes. <laughs> minutes. Um, As each one describes how they perceive what's happening and what their next steps will be. And also Speedwagon is doing the same yeah. from outside. Yeah, it rules. Uh, uh, like There is a six-story fall at in, in for like each dramatic aside and they just keep stacking up on one another but yeah. during this fall mr joe star finally takes that spear out of his shoulder after half yes. an episode <laughs> yeah he while while tackling dio uh dio just like jams his hand into a wall so he stops falling and and jojo goes falling into the fire but the uh, the spear he dislodged from his shoulder catches up with him so he grabs the spear jabs it in the wall uses it as a foothold to jump up at dio not quite mm-hmm. enough to catch up, so he unbuckles his belt and uses it to wrap it around Dio's <laughs> ankle to pull him down with him. <laughs> it's very um, good. It's, it's very good. good. Yeah. I, Jojo is one of my favorite kinds of uh, uh, action hero in that he survives through grit and determination and being able to survive a beating long enough to finally get whatever it is in that, that will you know, take out this much more powerful opponent. Yes. Look, that, look at any good Indiana Jones fight. 
yes. only times a thousand. <laughs> yeah, and that that's the trademark of basically every JoJo protagonist and and like fight in general is that this the stakes or or the odds are usually way against them. Or mm-hmm. it's just like a, a foe who is so powerful in such a unique way that you're just like, how do you even fucking tackle something like this? I've never met a vampire. I didn't even know those are real. I have to fight one on the fly right now. <laughs> um, I, I would really like to grieve my shitty dad right now, but yeah, no. No. But yeah, while they're falling, uh, Jojo kicks the wall. And the narrator explains, like, by pure luck, the the statue that has been framed earlier in the episode by Divine Providence or something, Jojo kicks towards that statue, which is holding a very sharp, pointy thing. A statue of Antonin Chekhov. Yeah. Uh. Jojo impales Dio clean through the statue, uh, Mm -hmm. and he cannot escape, and he burns to death. He couldn't have done it without his real uh, uh, sidekick, that chunk of armor that I'm naming Ario Spearwagon. <laughs> uh, but yes, now now Dio is defeated as the, the embers fall and our, our pair of heroes survive to bro another day. But what? What's oh. this? Wait. Oh my God. In the morning's light, so some of these uh, uh, burned timbers shift, and Dio has survived. Yeah, Dio survived. The apothecary who was captured earlier, who escaped during mm-hmm. that nightmare fight, he is searching for the stone mask, and he finds it in the rubble. And as he's reaching for it, Dio's hand shoots out from the rubble and sucks up all of his blood. To be continued. Dio's to alive. To be continued. Super burned. <laughs> I love that if you didn't have that little to be continued at the end, this would like the plot would be done, done, done and dusted. <laughs> this could be a movie, and this is where the plot ends. It's a definitive yeah, end yeah. in three episodes. It is like such a good little like mini arc. <laughs> Everybody like talking online, like, hey, stick with it until that puppy gets killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then things take a cool shift. There is very little time in JoJo where you're sitting there waiting for it to get good. It's maybe like an episode and a half's worth of investment. Like I mean, an episode and a half to get weird, but I still think that first episode is good. No, yeah, know? I like that first it's episode. It's not a too. bizarre adventure, but there are people who like Victorian fancy lads being extra. <laughs> yeah, and that even that alone is good. And I like I enjoy that it takes like an like a little bit more than an episode's worth of normalcy before it goes crazy. That's all it really <laughs> needs to go like, okay, now this shit is weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of, of our first uh little three episode chunk here what what do you think about jojo i am excited to be on on this journey (laughs) with you and everyone listening uh i i'm looking forward to getting to the recognizable things yes i'm looking forward to getting to the the stuff set in the 20th century (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah uh and, and further generations yeah the 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 guy with the hat he's the guy everybody likes I want to meet Hat Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This first season of JoJo is pretty interesting because, you know, it's still the part of JoJo where it's kind of figuring out what it is, even though so many of the trademarks of it are there from the get-go. There's a couple things that happen here that I still really like in further episodes that might be less shocking now. This manga did a couple of things very early on with its plot that were, like, big, like, you don't do that in a manga published in Shonen Jump. Because Shonen mm-hmm. Jump mangas 
do blank, blank, and blank. If you do this, everyone's going to hate it. And he does that stuff in the story very early on. <laughs> um, and I think it's what makes one of the aspects that makes JoJo really stand out because even like today, it is still doing stuff that no other like shonen manga wants to even do. It's like in its own little world, and no one even just, no one even really bothers to try. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I say almost nobody, but there's actually a. I'll get more into this like way later down the line when we're actually at this part. But there was a comic in the 90s, like a, a Western comic that I think Image published or something that got canceled after one issue because it turned out it was just plagiarizing JoJo stuff extremely hard. Uh, <laughs> Not even changing names. Like they were Is using... that the one written by like Ozzy Osbourne's kid or something? Oh, God. Yeah, it might be actually. Yes. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, it just some, has stands. Some in musician's it. kid did a comic that got canceled for being entirely plagiarized, and it it might have happened more than once. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been it might have been that, but yeah, it's it's really funny how blatant it is. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it mm-hmm. after describing it in detail in in our <laughs> internal monologues <laughs> as the lighting shifts. Just wanted to correct myself while I edit. The story I was thinking of was a, a comic called Incarnate, written by Nick Simmons, the son of Gene Simmons. And he was caught plagiarizing uh, a number of titles, uh, particularly Bleach and Helsing. Again, I wanted to correct the mistake I made, implying that Gene Simmons was a musician. Uh, back back to the episode. I, I love how quickly... Speedwagon shifts into battle commentary sidekick <laughs> mode. Yeah, he, he needs a little headset. He needs a, a microphone. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this very first episode. Very excited to, to watch more more of JoJo and talk about it. And uh, next episode, Overdrive is going to be going to be a pretty good one. All right, all right. While we've started with fights, we haven't really gotten to the fight fights yet. <laughs> there's still there's still an aspect that's not there yet that's going to be introduced next episode. So I'm just picturing uh, Ario Speedwagon introducing himself as a reporter for ESPN. <laughs> extra special punching news. <laughs> it is extra, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, so with that, I guess that's the end. Thank you all for joining us on our inaugural episode of uh, Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. Tell, tell your friends about it. Spread, yeah. spread the links around. Uh, we are recording this before we're sure what exactly we're going to do with it or when it's going to be out. So mm-hmm. like the, the business stuff is kind of up in the air, as you can tell from me explaining why that's the case. Mm-hmm. But in any case, more is coming. Wherever you found this, you will have more to come. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Good night. Bye. Bye.